0: Sinner now say blood washed by the land My brothers are
1: is this morning we're so glad to see you today thank you for being here Uh, everybody grab your handbooks now stand to your feet Uh, brother ken's going to come lead us as we stand and make a joyful noise this morning brother
2: ken amen in your blue songbook this morning page 448 brethren we have met to worship we'll do that first second and last verse this morning page number 448
1: today that's why we got up walked out the door and came ready to serve God here in church this morning thank you for making your way out I want brother Josh to take us to the throne room of grace this morning let's remember our services I ask the Lord to meet with us in a powerful way Josh you lead us to the throne together this morning
3: first of all I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning lord we thank you for the health that you provided for us this morning and most importantly Lord we just Thank you so much for a church, Lord, that is here and the doors are open, Lord, so that we can come and just spend a little time listening to your word, Lord, and just to come and and try to learn a little bit more about you and what you've done for us and the love that you have for us dear heavenly father god i just ask you this morning that you'll be with each and every person that's here lord and those that weren't able to make it this morning um each and every one of us lord have things that are going that were going on in our lives lord and i just pray that you'll just give us a peace and comfort that we need lord as we go through the times and lord i pray that you'll be with the services this morning god if there be one lost soul this morning here i pray that you'll just begin to convict their hearts now And, Lord, just prepare them. And, Lord, I pray that they'll just come to know you before it's too late, Lord, because we're not promised tomorrow. Lord, also, as we live our lives today, Lord, and, Lord, I pray that you'll just help us to be ambassadors for Christ, God. I just pray that you'll just help each and every one of us to represent our home, Lord, not our earthly home, but our heavenly home. Lord, I just pray that you'll just lead and guide us, Lord, and be with the services today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.
1: You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being here. I love, love, love this song because it reminds me that anytime I need him, the Lord is always near. You listen as Brother Matt sings.
4: I don't want to
1: For that. That's awesome, Matt. One more that we'll do this morning. How many of you are grateful for the fact that your sins have been buried as far as the east is from the west? Amen. Our enemy loves to come and remind us of those past mistakes, those sins that we've made, but I am so glad that they're buried in the sea of God's forgetfulness behind his back, never to be brought up again. I want you to listen to Miss Renee as she sings Jesus buried my past. on bethany lord's been mighty good to us Hatney church boy when i reflect back over all of the days that i've been saved there's one thing i have to say god's been good in my life boy i've let him down but thank the lord he's never let me down i've walked away from him but he's never walked away from me and i've let go of his arm but he's never let go of mine I remember as a child, I'd love to dart out and run across as a kid would to try to get to the playground or the amusement park or whatever. And we sometimes let go of our parent, but a watchful parent never lets go of us. I want you to listen to Bethany as she sings, God's been good. so much wonderful job choir appreciate you being here this evening or this morning rather i've got several things to uh bring to your attention uh, some announcements first of all uh on uh, uh whoo amen uh, amen they're getting the the amen you didn't have a heart attack or nothing up here did you buddy <laughs> amen oh <sighs> uh, yeah send josh up under the stage that's the reason god made young men manual labor amen uh, Sunday, October the 14th, is a Wisnitz here at our church. We're sure looking forward to that. An annual event. We've got flyers available at our postal area. We'll put some at the back as well, put some up here, uh, hand those out. It's already gone out to our local media. We're sure looking forward to that. As always, when we have the Wisnitz, there's no Sunday school that morning. Uh, they were setting up during the early morning hours, so we certainly understand that. And then, uh, uh, of course, uh, on November the 18th, our Civil Servant Sunday. Uh, keep that in mind. We'll be sending those letters out here very shortly to our law and first Enforcement personnel. Then, uh, uh, special announcement. Thank you for those who've already signed up for our ministry that we'll be doing with the Blue uh, uh, Blue Ridge Nursing. That is on second Saturday in October. Uh, what time for that, Brother Roar? 3 o'clock uh, up at the Blue Ridge uh, Nursing Home in Stewart. We've got a couple of our shut-ins up there, so keep that in mind if you would. And again, thank you to those that have signed up uh, for our Grace Network Pumpkin Patch uh, that we'll be doing on October the 22nd from 11 to 4. We've still got a few time slots available, so if you can volunteer an hour that day, that's on a Monday, uh, we would appreciate that. Then uh, a reminder of practice today, scenes 1, 2, and 3. Uh, it'll be a, a practice this afternoon uh, at 2.30. We will not do Services tonight, so that we can get that practice in. So, please help us out with that if you would. A reminder about that. And then uh, on the far right hand side, I'll just call everyone's attention to this. If you are not receiving regular updates and would like to, anytime there's a calendar change or any prayer request, death in the church family, anything like that. We always put out that information, and if you would like to receive updates and or not, please put your name and the phone number you prefer to use. If you put your cell phone, uh, I usually send out a text as well in that same uh, 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 instrument that we use, our messaging system. If the message is exceptionally long, then I don't put out a text, but most of the time I'm able to do that. So uh, again, put your name and the cell or the number you want to use on there, and we'll be sure to add you to our list. Uh, you can give that to me directly, or you can drop it in the offering plate, and the ushers uh, will make sure that I get that. Then I want to take just a moment now and invite everybody, if you uh, don't know, I think most of you do, this coming Friday evening, uh, my daughter Lydia and uh, uh, Nick will be getting married here at the church at 6 o'clock. Uh, when we sat down with them early, early on after they had proposed, not they had proposed, he had proposed, uh, uh, we said to him, all right, guys, we got a choice here we can do a very small tiny affair with just immediate family or we can do a church wedding where where we invite everybody because we can't pick and choose there and they say we're I'll never get through this um, <laughs> um uh, they said, uh, we're going to do the latter. So you're, you're invited to join us on Friday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, we hope you can be here. We'd love to have you. And I'm going to be real tacky now and ask for some help. That's real tacky. Uh, Brother Darrell has graciously volunteered to, once again, help in the parking lot on Friday. If you're going to plan on being here, gentlemen, if there's a gentleman that would not mind helping him out, uh, I would be very grateful to that. You just see Brother Daryl talk to him directly, and I would appreciate that so much. Just will put a smile on your face. You all know that I'm an emotional person. Uh, I cried a Pepsi-Cola commercial. Uh, some GI calls home on AT&T on Christmas, and I'm a blubbering mess. Um, brother Ken's not far behind me. Amen. He's an emotional uh, a person as well. So both of our wives have said on Friday that the two of us get to hold hands and cry together. Amen. So. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You pray for them uh, as they begin their journey together. All right, let's have all the little ones head out uh, this uh, morning, if you would. All the little ones uh, that are heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, you come on and make your way uh, this morning. Uh, This is our children's programming. Uh, We call this our Penny March, help supply all the missions that we do, all the initiatives we do with our kids and ladies. Take off, young folks. Junior Church, come on, make your way. Thank you so much. Fellas, make your way down. Sister Bolio, you come ready to sing. Also, church, because of the wedding Friday night, we will not be doing services Wednesday. Uh, We'll be here (laughs) working, setting up everything, so just keep that in mind. We'll put that out as well. I appreciate your patience with us as we get everything ready for this weekend. I love to hear Miss Bolio sing, so you pray for her as we collect our tithes and offerings this morning. You be obedient unto the Lord with his tithes and your offerings. I'm going to pray. Miss Bolio, you come ready to sing. Father, we love you today. And we're so grateful for the opportunity that you've provided for us to be in your house. Lord, we sure don't take for granted, as we always say, doors are open. And folks are here tonight, uh, this morning, to hear from heaven. Lord, bless Sister Bolio as she sings our tithes and offerings today in Christ's name. Amen.
5: Without you my song to rise to you. When temptation comes my way, when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay.
2: Men. Let's all sing together one more time. Page 203 in your Blue Songbook. We'll have us a song of fellowship. Page 203, The Windows of Heaven. Sing it one time through, then we'll fellowship a while. Page 203.
1: Turn in your Bibles this morning to 2nd Samuel please, chapter number 23. 2nd Samuel please, chapter number 23. I'm only going to read two verses of scripture this morning. Again, practice today at 2:30. All of you in scenes 1, 2 and 3, practice today at 2:30. Looking forward to our production this year, very different take. For those of you who've seen it every year, you know it's always pretty special, to be honest with you. I know I'm bragging, but it's always good. Uh, and it's going to be really good this year. So I encourage you to be here today for practice. Second Samuel, please, chapter number 23. If you have found your place, say Amen. amen. If you were like me and much of the nation, you sat gripped this past Thursday over the Senate Judiciary hearings uh, regarding a Supreme Court nominee. Let me be very clear. I'm not going to make any statement one way or the other about who should or should not be on there. That's not what I'm getting ready to talk about. But what became increasingly clear to me is the stark division that still permeates this country. We are as divided today as we've ever been in our nation's history. What became also clear to me and something that we're keenly aware of but resonated for me personally is that both sides play dirty. Both sides of the political spectrum play dirty. On Thursday evening, I was listening to some of the replays of the testimony that was given. And one of the commentators said about the Supreme Court nominee, Mr. Kavanaugh, that he came to fight. Again, this has nothing to do with what you think about him or whether or not he should or should not be uh, put on the Supreme Court. That's not what I'm discussing this morning. But what she said, this commentator, she played clips from his opening statement where she said he came to fight. And uh, listening to those clips, he made references for fighting for his name, fighting for his family, fighting for his career, fighting for the legacy of his judiciary decisions on the bench for the last 13 years. And candidly, my mind went to this chapter and went to this particular story that is really only two verses long. In fact, when you read 2 Samuel chapter number 23, you are reminded of what is referred to as David's mighty men. David's mighty men. Group of highly trained soldiers who would fight with David and stand beside of David and, and in the face of immeasurable odds, stand up when no one else would stand. And as I listened to the commentator referencing the testimony that was given Thursday, and I flipped open this chapter and read about Shama, my mind went to this one simple statement. There are still things in our life, church, that are worth fighting for. Amen. There are still things worth fighting I'll give you a little word of confession. Uh, I don't have time to read a lot for pleasure. Most of my reading is things that I do for work. But as I'm lying in bed at night, if I can't sleep, which is usually most, most nights, I have difficulty turning my brain down. And so I'll open up my Kindle and I'll read typically for pleasure. And what I, this is a moment of confession, I really like to read international spy espionage stuff. The whole 007 genre, I just love it. Uh, you know, I know that there are people who want to be great athletes and want to be basketball players and want to be football players, and I'm I get it. I but I want to be James Bond, man. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. One of my favorite is a series that takes place in Israel, and it's about the Knesset, which is Israel's secret service. And I read just read that stuff in the evenings trying to go to sleep at night. And one of the things that strikes me is that for every country that is a civilized, military-strong country, they usually have secret servicemen, if you will, or people. We usually call them special ops or the Delta Force or something like that where folks are willing to lay down their life for something they believe in. Would you listen to me carefully. I think in church today, we need some Delta Force personnel. We need to go back to the day where there are things that we just won't compromise on, things that we will not bend on. You're gonna see this morning a story about a young man, frankly, that pops up on the pages of Scripture, does something relatively heroic, in my opinion, and then vanishes. We never hear from him again. I've preached out of this passage two or three times in my 17 plus years of pastoring. And I usually take it from the context of the pea patch and how you need to stay in your own little pea patch. But I want to look at this all together differently this morning. I want to look at it with this simple thought. There are still things that are worth dying for. Still things we got to take a stand on. Let's read 2 Samuel chapter 23, just two verses, verses 11 and 12. If you go back and you begin reading in verse 8, you get the names of David's mighty men. You can cross-reference that in 1 Chronicles 11 as well. There's about 37 verses in 1 Chronicles that give you the names and the genealogy of these mighty men. Verses 8, 9, and 10, we're introduced to a couple of them, but in verse number 11... And after him was Shema, the son of Aji, the Herorite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils, full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. Verse 12. But he, Shema, stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. The Lord wrought a great victory. One man takes a stand. One man says, there are still things worth dying for. One man says, when everybody else flees, I'm going to stand and I'm going to fight. what I believe in. And because of the courage of that one man, Israel is saved and the Lord gets the victory. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the time this morning. Lord, we come to the hour that is so important. Lord, our hearts have been blessed this morning by the music. Lord, the singing has prepared us. It has tenderized our hearts. And Lord, now we are ready to open up the Word and allow it to feed our souls this morning. Lord, I, I know that many in the congregation are, are like me, are realizing the continued division in our country is heart-rending, recognizing the great divide that still permeates this country. Lord, is just as tragic today as it ever was, yet I am also reminded that in our lives, in our spiritual lives, there are some things worth defending. There are some things, Lord, that we just won't budge on. And Lord, as we unpack this passage this morning, I pray that you'd give us power to preach it. Lord, forgive us of any unconfessed sin that would hamper uh, your ability to speak through our lips today. Lord, as we've already heard prayed, if there's a lost soul, save them today. Draw all of us closer to you so that we would walk out of here ready uh, to fight the enemy for one more week. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for taking us just as we are. But, Lord, you love us so much you refuse to leave us like you found us. You clean us up, put us on a rock to stay. Bless the preaching now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I encourage you to go back at some point and read the totality of Second Samuel 23. Go back and read 1 Chronicles chapter 7 as it begins to unfold all of the incredible things that David's mighty men did. Like like the special force, the delta force that I'm referring to, uh, you always have an army, you always have personnel uh, who've enlisted for the battle, but there seems to be a unique group of folks, and in this case uh, referred to as David's mighty men, small in number but courageous in strength. Small in size, if you count them, there's not a lot of them in comparison to the totality of the army or in comparison to the size of the enemy. But these men, these individuals, were those who David could seemingly count on when nobody else was around. These were men that seemingly would stand up and be counted to fight and defend the territory when everyone else seemed to flee. I'll pause just a moment and say again, I think we need some of that mentality in our church today. Let's be clear, folks, Uh, in the modern church, we've given up a lot of spiritual ground. We've compromised on things that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago uh, would seemingly never have permeated the doors of the church, uh, and we're compromising on them today. Let's be clear, this is not meant to be a judgmental statement, uh, but much of the divide that permeates our country uh, today uh, are division upon issues that God has already clearly defined in our word. Yet we seem to be dividing even more and more over these things. And those that seem to want to take a stand are hurled insults and names at them because of their stand on the principles found in the Word of God. If I'm reading my Bible correctly, and I think I am, it's not going to get easier, it's not going to get better. Absent the return of the Lord, things are going to get worse and worse. In fact, Timothy tells us that in the last days, a perilous times shall come, and it begins to unfold that. We see it happening in front of our very eyes, uh, but regardless of the time period, regardless of the age in which we live, there are some things worth fighting for. Let's unpack this together this morning. Three things that I want you to note with me. Number one, there was a time of tremendous conflict. This was a time of tremendous conflict. I'm going to take this directly out of the Bible. Even though uh, it's only two verses, I I want you to note a couple of things that are fundamentally taken just from the Scripture themselves. Note with me when it was that the enemy came. When it was that the enemy came. The Bible is pretty clear on this in verse number 11. After him was Shema, the son of A.G., the Herorite. The Philistines were gathered together into a troop. That means they're, a, they're, they're coming to battle. Uh, there's a, a battalion, if you will, that's approaching Israel. Uh, where was a piece of ground full of lentils? Lentils is another name for beans or peas. In fact, you'll hear a lot of preachers refer to this as the pea patch and, defending our little pea patch, taking a stand on our pea patch. And I've used that application myself, but here's what I want you to note, uh, that because uh, this was a patch that was full of lentils, uh, that means that the enemy came uh, during the time of harvest. Uh, It was a time uh, when the crops were full. Uh, People would have been busy uh, bringing in the crops. This would have been the livelihood. This would have been the way uh, that they would have prepared themselves uh, for the upcoming winter. Uh, Their minds weren't on war. Uh, Their minds weren't on taking a stand and uh, their minds were on bringing in the crop, uh, harvesting that crop, uh, so that they could prepare their family. Uh, When the enemy comes, uh, he catches them unprepared and easily defeated. Let me say that again. Because this was during the time of harvest, the enemy catches them unprepared and finds that they could be easily defeated. What a lesson for the church, folks. We can be out doing the right things. We can be living for the Lord. We can be attending church faithfully. We can be serving God to the best of our abilities. And if we're not careful, our mind gets distracted from the fact that the enemy is still seeking to destroy whom he may devour we're not careful, the enemy uh, will sneak in unawares uh, and destroy that because we're not prepared for war. Uh, We've got our minds on other things. But hear me and hear me well, church. Uh, If God is building, uh, then the enemy is seeking to destroy it. Uh, If God is creating it, uh, if God is trying to do something, uh, then you mark it down. The enemy will stop at nothing to destroy what God's building. When the enemy came. Secondly, I want you to know why. The enemy came. The enemy came against Israel for two reasons. Number one, to inflict casualties. Number two, to destroy the crops. Number one, to inflict casualties. Number two, destroy the crops. What does that mean, preacher? Well, you see, the uh, the Philistines knew that if they could wound the enemies and bring them to a place of hunger, uh, then they could easily defeat them and enslave them. Moreover, the enemy also knew that if they destroyed the crops, uh, they would destroy the ability of the Israelites to eat. So hear me and hear me well. They're trying to enslave them. They're trying to destroy them. They're trying to, if you will, inflict casualties. uh, And then they're trying with all of their ability to destroy the crop uh, so that they cannot partake uh, of food in the future. You understand? Listen to what I'm about to say. One of the things that the enemy will fight hardest against is a church that's sold out to God. One of the things that our enemy absolutely cannot stand and will attempt to destroy is a church, regardless of denomination, that is trying to do something good for God. I'm as Baptist as I can be. Baptist born, Baptist bred. When I die, I'll be Baptist dead. But you listen to me carefully. I'm smart enough to realize that Baptists don't have a monopoly on God. There are churches from every stripe and every denomination and every affiliation uh, that I believe are trying to do great things for God. uh, And the devil uh, gets right in the middle of it. Uh, What do you mean, Pastor? Uh, If we start praying with a fervent spirit, you mark it down, the enemy's going to attack. If we begin to witness for the glory of God and talk about what he's doing in our lives and in our church, you mark it down, the enemy's going to attack. If we begin to praise the name of the Lord in this place for what he's done in our lives, you mark it down, the enemy will attack. He'll attack us. Uh, We decide uh, that we're going to take a stand for the Lord. Our enemy will do everything he can uh, to inflict casualties and destroy the spiritual crop that God has for us. When they came. Why they came. To me, point number three is, frankly, the scariest of all. What did they find? When they came. During the harvest. Why they came to inflict casualties, to destroy the crop. What did they find? Notice, if you would, our opening verse, verse number 11. Last clause. Philistines were gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. The people fled from the Philistines. No opposition. What did they find? Nobody standing up to defend that which God had given them. Let me say that again. This was not their territory. This was the promised land. This is not something that they worked for. This is something that God gave them. Yes, they had to tend the ground. Yes, they had to plant the crop. Yes, they had to harvest this. But this was not theirs to give up. This was God's that God had given them. And when the enemy came, they fled. No opposition. Nobody willing to stand up and fight. Uh, Nobody willing to say, uh, you are not going to take my little patch of ground. What a testimony for the church today. May I be blunt, folks, and hear me what I'm about to say. The enemy is most successful not because of the attacks from the outside, but when the attacks are on the inside. Let me give that to you a different way. The enemy rarely destroys a church because of arrows that come from the outside in. The enemy usually destroys a church when the internal folks turn on each other. And we begin throwing arrows at each other. The enemy usually doesn't attack from the outside, the enemy usually gets on the inside, and that's where he wreaks havoc. May I be blunt? God, give us some men and women and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and young teen boys and young teen girls that are going to stand up and say, I'm not fleeing, I'm not giving up ground that God gave me. God, give us some daddies uh, who will stand uh, in the face of the enemy and say, Enemy, uh, you are not going to get my wife. You're not going to get my children. You're not going to get my family. Uh, God, give us some moms and some grandmas uh, that have said, I would pray too hard for my children uh, to give them over to the enemy. God, give us some church members that will say, uh, God's blessed our little congregation and we're not going to turn it over to the enemy. Found no opposition. Number one this morning. I want you to note with me, very simply, a time of conflict. Not only was there a time of conflict, there was also someone, one, who displayed great courage. There was someone, one, who displayed great courage. Please look at verse number 12. Notice the first three words of verse number 12. But he stood. (laughs) I'm struck by the fact that it doesn't say, but they. It says, but he. It doesn't say, but the congregation stood. It says, but he. He stood. Singular, one person. Everyone else has fled, but Shama has decided that he's going to stand. He's resolved in his heart that he's going to fight for this little patch of beans. He's made up his mind that he will not run away from the battle. God, give us that mentality with ours today, folks. Our what? Our church, our home, our family, our testimony, our testimony, our testimony. God, give us that kind of resolve today. God, give us that kind of mentality uh, that says, uh, I don't care if everybody else compromises. uh, I don't care if everybody else flees. uh, I don't care if everybody else is bending. uh, I'm going to take a stand on what's right for the foundations of God. Reminded what Joshua says. The end of his legacy is coming to a close, and he's giving some parting thoughts. I'm going to paraphrase, but he says in chapter 24, you all can go do what you want to do. You want to serve the gods of Baal? Go serve the gods of Baal. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. God give us that kind of dedication today. You hear what I'm about to say. It's not going to get easier to serve God. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who's in the Senate, the House of Representatives. My Bible is very clear. It's going to get harder and harder and harder to serve God. And there'll be plenty of people that flee. There'll be plenty of people who won't stand and fight, uh, but I don't know about you. I want to be one of those who lovingly, courageously uh, takes a stand and says, As for me and my house, uh, we will serve God. That was Shama's resolve. Notice not only his resolve, but I want you to notice also his reason. Now, this is where play, one part of the message where i got to add a little bit of Gregology here. Tried very hard to take everything out of just these two verses, but I got to add a little bit of insight here. Why did Shama stand when nobody else would stand with him? What was it about Shama, as one of the mighty men, that caused him to stand up and be counted when nobody else would stand around him? I simply go back to where I started this morning. I think he realized that there are some things worth fighting for even if you got to fight by yourself. I think he knew that without the food, the people would perish. I think Shammah was smart enough to realize uh, that to the average person, this just looks like a little patch of beans, a little pea patch, if you will. Uh, What's the big deal uh, about giving up a pea patch? Uh, It might not be a big deal now, uh, but next week and next month and next year when you're hungry and there's no food, then it's going to be a real big deal. I think Shama was smart enough to know that the people had to eat and that they were going to eat. The fields had to be defended. Hey, look at me, folks. I'm still old-fashioned enough to believe this Bible's worth preserving. I'm still silly enough to believe that the foundations contained in this Word of God are still worth fighting for. I'm also silly enough to understand uh, that if my generation compromises continually uh, the things of God, what is this generation going to eat? If I give up this little pea patch, uh, if I give up this little parcel of ground, uh, if I compromise, if we compromise, uh, what's the next generation uh, and the next generation going to eat if all the fields have been destroyed? Shama said, y'all flee. Run away. I'm going to stand and fight because it's not mine, it's the Lord's. Number one this morning, it was a time of conflict. Number two, it was a time of courage, but I love this. It was a time of conquest. Now, let me be blunt. We don't know how many were coming from the Philistines. We do know it was a bunch The Lord doesn't give us how many exactly. He doesn't give us the specifics. uh, But we do know that it was a battalion. An army was approaching. And the only one left to fight was Shammah. The only one who would stand in the middle of the little bean patch was Shammah. Hear what I'm about to say. It only took one. I like that. In Ezekiel. God makes a very bold statement when he says, I'm looking for one person, a man, to stand... Man, one, gender, doesn't matter. I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Would you hear what I'm about to say? I mentioned this on Wednesday night. Sometimes my mind boggles. Hear me, hear me. My mind boggles at the impact that one simple act of obedience can have. The impact that one act of obedience can have. Here's the example that I gave Wednesday night. I know a lot of you in Iwana, some of you in here. Let 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 me say it again. Wednesday night this past week, we looked at two of Paul's missionary journeys. You read the names of the cities that Paul went on on his first journey, and none of those cities appear in the books of your Bible. Say that again. None of the books of the Bible are named after the cities that Paul went on on his first missionary journey. Paul's desire uh, on his second missionary journey was to retrace the steps of his first journey uh, to correct some of the doctrine of the Judaizers that had entered uh, into the churches. Uh, But he received what we know of today as the Macedonian call. And there, Paul goes to Ephesus. Ever heard of that name? And then he goes to Galatia, and Thessalonica, and Corinth, and the list goes on and on. Do you recognize any of those, church? So it wasn't just the thousands, if not tens of thousands, uh, that get saved over in the continent that we refer to as Europe, uh, but it's the millions upon millions of people uh, who now hold in their lap the Word of God that contains 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, uh, 1 and Second uh, Corinthians, uh, Thessalonians. All of these books uh, are because Paul's simple act of obedience. Here's another one. One person... Stood against the Philistines. Look at me. One was all that was needed. One that was all that was needed. Can I say something to the teenagers, to the young adults? I know sometimes it's hard to be the lone voice standing. I get it. I understand it. I have yet found, I've not yet found a time period or a part of my life when it's easy to serve God. It's always a challenge. I understand that it is difficult to be in your public school or in your college or in your place of business. I get to, that it is sometimes difficult to be the one voice that seems to stand for God. But would you look at me? Sometimes God only needs one. Sometimes he's only looking for the one. And that was the case here. Shama's resolve was very simple. He would fight when no one else would. Consequently, the Lord defeated the enemy. What do you mean, pastor? The last verse, uh, uh, verse number 12, makes it very clear. And the Lord wrought a great victory. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Why? Because of the two words, Shama defended. My mind's eye—I have to tell you—I think this is just again another little bit of Gregology. I—I—I I, kind of think Shama went all like Jedi Master on him. I mean, you—you you think about it. Here comes uh, the enemy from every direction, and the only thing Shama's got is maybe a sword, a shield, and a spear. But that's all he needs because he's on the load side, and a. Sh- <laughs> As soldier after soldier comes, he battles, he defends, and he pierces, and he battles. And perhaps he looked like a wild man out on that battlefield. But the Lord intervened, and the patch of ground was defended, and the people ate. Why? Because one person stood. You know, when I get to heaven, I have an ump gazillion questions I want to ask the Lord. Some of them I'm not going to say publicly. (laughs) But one of the things I want to ask the Lord is, Lord, show me how Shama did it. Kind of replay it in my... I want to see it right here on the street of gold. Let him react it out. I want to give him a sword, Lord, and let him go to town one more time. But in reality, it was the Lord that did the fighting. It was the Lord that did defending. It was the Lord that conquered the army. Yes, Shammah, listen now, was the willing vessel. But it was God who did the battle. So I want to say to everybody this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you because I still believe God's looking for some vessels. He said it in Ezekiel, looking for one vessel who will stand in the gap, one who will say, there's some things worth fighting for, some things worth dying for. I, I, I'm i impressed by, this is Gregology again, but I'm impressed by the fact, Shama, I don't think he hurled insults. I don't think he was ugly. I don't think he was mean. I don't think he was nasty. I don't think he was unkind. I don't think he gotta be. Well, there's a message right there about our current political system. Somebody say amen. <laughs> You ain't got to be nasty to take a stand for the Lord. You just got to be willing, willing to be courageous. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Thank you for your attention. Look this way real quickly. I want to make a simple statement and then we'll pray. You you know this, but I want to put it on our radars. Moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, we don't take a stand for our family, the enemy will destroy them. Amen. Our communities today are littered with people whose lives, homes, and families are ruined because the enemy got in. Let's take it a step further. We know if we don't take a stand for our church, the enemy will destroy it. Let me make it personal. If we don't take a stand for our own testimony. The Lord will rip, the enemy will rip it right out of us. Bow your heads with us this morning. If you're here today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for this, but if you're here today and so I want to be one of the ones like Shama. I want to take a stand if nobody else does, I want to. Maybe it's in my school, my place of business, my job. I want to lovingly take a stand even if no one else does encourage you to step out right now. You don't have to raise your hand. Come on, just step out. Folks are moving from all different directions. I appreciate that. All over the place I see folks stepping out. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Come on this morning, all over. Now, I do want to ask you one question. Nobody's looking. Bow your heads for me. Everybody bow your heads. Thank you. I do ask you one question. Help me out. If you're here today, You've never been saved, never been born again, and you feel the Lord pricking at your heartstrings. You say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to make some things right. I need to get right with God. I need to be saved. Pray for me. Anyone like that? Father, bless the invitation. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless those that have stepped out and stepped up to say, Lord, I want to be counted on. Bless Brother Ken as he sings now in Christ's name. Sing us a verse, Brother Ken. You need to come. The altar is open. You step out right now. Would you come? Have thine own way. Have thine own way. Have thine own way. Own way. Amen. This is my favorite invitation song. Sing it everybody. Have thine own way Lord, have thine own way.
6: Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I'm the clay.
1: Thou art. Sing it church Mold me so much. Brother Ken dismisses in prayer. You've got the mic. Fellowship with each other. Don't forget Drama Team 230. Uh, We'll be practicing today. No services tonight so we can get a good practice in. Brother Ken, uh, pray
2: for us, buddy. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, Lord, for this great challenge, Lord, that was brought by our way today. Father, I thank you, God, for speaking through your man. Father, what a reminder, Lord, to take a stand for what we believe in and some things are worth dying for. God, I pray, Lord, you'd bless our church. Father, bless the pastor and his family, God, as we all bind together, Lord, and here take a stand for what is right. God, we sure do love this place. God, thank you for giving it to us. Father, most of all, we do thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, that precious blood that was poured out on Calvary's cross, Lord, to save us from our sins. Father, we thank you so much for that. Father, we love you this morning because you first loved us. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.